Hello and welcome to episode 494 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRLP. Join me as always is a glorious League Freak. You can also find me on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? Going very well, Andrew. How are you? And I'd like to say hello to all of our listeners down there on Earth. Yeah, look, we're uh, we're kind of winging it here because our recording um, technology is not telling yeah. us whether the recording started or not. So, you know, this is either a waste of time or it's a waste of the listener's time. Sounds like a fucking shark season, hey? <laughs> How is all that hoo-ha all for a loss? I know. I it, it got to the point in that game. I mean, that game fucking sucked. It was but dreadful. It got to a point where you were just happy that there were fewer people witnessing that shit. <laughs> that was... I know there's a few games during this week where I just looked at it and went, no one wins here. Well, let, let's do it phonetically. Okay. <laughs> From the beginning. From the that's beginning. What, that's what phonetically means for everyone out there. It does now. Yeah. So it starts off with the Storm versus the Broncos. And we talked last week about all of the statistics were in favour of the Storm. I thought the Storm were going to put it to the Broncos. And the Storm just had very little. Like they had no comebacks to anything the Broncos did. And the Broncos ran out. And it was a really good victory by them. It was fantastic. I am. Um, Broncos decimated the storm. I haven't seen the storm being bullied that comfortably in the middle in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And it was a really good performance by everyone on that Broncos team. Um, they, it was the sort of game that they would be have hoping for in that first up match and put some straight through to the preliminary final. And uh, you can't take anything away from the Broncos. They were magnificent. The storm, They've had a couple of performances like this during the year where you expect them to do storm things and come back or apply, and they just don't have it, have it in them against some of the teams. They they didn't have it in them against Penrith a couple of times, um, and then there was that game there against the Broncos, and um, really interesting. Now the Storm go to the Panthers side of the draw mm. if they can get through, and it feels like it I, I said during it I worry when Craig Bellamy is not spitting at the window in the coach's box when he's sitting back and he seems like resigned and calm I feel as though that's when he feels as though he hasn't got a team that can get it done and I've seen that a couple of times this year out of him and I don't know if it's a real thing or not I might just be making it up in my head but when he thinks he can win, he's going off his head at everything, even his own plays. His own player drops a ball, he goes nuts. And in that game, when they showed him, he was just kind of resigned to it. And so I think that maybe he thinks he hasn't got the team for it this year. I don't know. I think I think it might be I, – I largely agree with what you're saying there. I think it's not so much about whether he thinks they're not good enough to get the job done for the year. Mm-hmm. I think he can see very early on if he sees that his team is being out enthused and they've got no chance of winning the game. Mm. And I think that's what he gets resigned to every now and then because that's what happened in this game. Like Melbourne, try as they might, they could not build any momentum in this game. Brisbane did to them what Melbourne usually does to Brisbane. Yeah. It just suffocated them. Yeah, and like 
they moved the ball really well. I, I was really happy with how their young outside backs all took on the contest. They were great. Um, and then, like, the Storm just, they just didn't have it. It was a, it showed there was a gulf between those teams. And um, I think that that's one of the things out of this weekend's games that we've just watched. It feels as though the Broncos and Panthers are on a different level to everyone else. And, uh, you know, I, th- I think the other thing, obviously, out of that game was Pappenhausen's injury, which is just rotten. He broke his ankle. It was weird seeing people um, talking about it because I actually looked away from the TV as it happened. And then it happens, and I'm like, oh, damn, you know. Um, and I saw people saying, oh, it's a compound fracture. His, his ankle was flopping around, and it was twisted backwards and stuff. And I actually was watching on chaos, so I could rewind it and watch it again. And I'm like, what is everyone fucking looking at? Because I watched it, and it was just like a real basic broken ankle. He, he didn't have a compound fracture. They, they um, said that in the medical report the next day. Yeah. But it was interesting to see everyone's reaction to it. And it sucks that he's out, obviously. But people kind of saw something there that didn't actually happen, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, no, there's talk that it could be four to five months off, mm. um, which I, and I dare say that's a best-case scenario, which means um, he should be able to get just just enough preseason training under his belt to start mm. round one. Yeah, But I wouldn't be surprised if the Storm just say, you know what, let's give him a month. Yeah, you know, run it back in properly, like they did prior to coming back for the finals. They yeah. gave him a few games in the Queensland Cup. I wouldn't be surprised if they do the same thing again here, and then, you know, bring him back in then. I yeah, also the, my first concern was fuck. I hope it's not that knee again. Yeah, same here. I actually was because he was grabbing down, and yeah. keep in mind I didn't see it immediately, and he's grabbing down his ankle. And I was like, please don't be his Achilles, because that's, I mean, if he had done his Achilles, I could have, I would have, if he had retired that night, I would have been like, I completely get it. But a break, uh, which is horrible, and I can't imagine coming back and playing football after a break, but players do all the time. But, uh, you know, and it seemed like it was a pretty straightforward break. As I said, there was no compound fracture, so there wasn't any of those concerns. And it sucks. It really sucks because he's worked his ass off to get back and, you know, he's had no luck. And it's yeah. all of these traumatic, like, serious concussions. And then he smashes his fucking kneecap, which is just horrible, you know, and all these horrible injuries the poor blokes had. Yeah. I mean, he'll probably come back and then play 300 straight games. Imagine that. He's hoping. Um, Be cool. Look, look at some of the team stats for this game. We might go through a few of them for each match. Just look at some of the telling ones. Mm-hmm. Um, meters run. Broncos, 1698. Storm, 1400. Yeah. Those contact huge. meters. Broncos, 610 to 479. Um, line breaks, 5 to 1. Tackle breaks, 57 to 32. Wow. They were just dominating in the ruck mm. in every way possible. Um, there was just nothing the, the Storm could do to get into it. The it's, only thing I would say about this game that surprised me a little bit was that it, it felt like a, a really top-level regular season game in that players weren't to, players were willing to push the boundaries of what they were doing and weren't super worried about making mistakes, which is something you don't normally see in the finals. Normally you see finals teams really minimizing those mistakes. 
and look, it made for a fantastic game of footy. Um, the Storm made more mistakes than I think I've ever seen them make ever. Yeah, they were they were pretty messy in that that department. There's no doubt about it. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, fifty thousand people in attendance. Uh, let's have a look. I I predicted Melbourne would would win by twenty five, so I've got the margin pretty close. <laughs> and you had the Storm by ten. So, so uh, technically, I was closer. That's right. Yeah, you win that one. <laughs> uh, next game was the Panthers versus the Warriors. Yeah, and, and like no Sean Johnson going in, and that was it, really, wasn't it? It showed too. Yeah, as the Warriors' attack looked very lackluster, um, and the Panthers were. They were basically just cruising. Three tries in the first half, two in the second. Mm-hmm. Never really under the pump at all. Um, and the, the stats are lopsided. Look at that run meters. 550 meters more. Jeez. Uh, nine line breaks to one. 55 tackle breaks to 26. It's just insane. Yeah, and like when you think that they get the week off now, uh, which will help with a couple of players that are injured. Jerome Luai is possible to be back in their preliminary final. Um, Isaac Tungor will be back for sure. So they're actually going to get better. And it felt it felt like a, uh, I don't know, it, just, it felt like something had happened in that game. where. And I know that this, the Warriors didn't have Sean Johnson. And I don't think it would have made a massive difference, to be honest with you, but um, it felt like the Panthers just put down a marker and said, all right, the Broncos played great last night. Let's put one down as well. And those two teams, they just looked fantastic. Yeah, I think I, don't know, I think Sean Johnson's um, kicking game and, and um, you know leadership directing the team around the park would have made a telling difference to to the Warriors' performance, and I think it yeah. would have closed the gap on the scoreboard, but it wouldn't mm. have changed the end result. Mm. Penrith still would have won. Um, I had Penrith to win by 14. You had them to win by 24. And what was the score at the end? 32 to 6. It was 26 was the margin. You're up by 2. Not good enough, Andrew. I'll have to do better. <laughs> <clears throat> well, the next game won't, won't deliver. <laughs> <laughs> this was, um, let's be honest, this was an absolute bludger of a game. Mm-hmm. Sharks versus Roosters. Um, 12,500 Sharks fans are in attendance and 70 Roosters fans, the yeah. ones who were crying the whole week, they were there. Yeah, yeah. The same yeah. 70 travel to all the away games. It was a rough game to watch. It was It was rough. It was a um, regular season game. Yeah. It was even hard to see. Like Nico Hines was clearly the best Sharks player, and there was a long way back from him to the next best. And he just looked completely like he's playing a sole hand out there. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, stats of this game are pretty even too. Mm-hmm. Run meters, the Sharks had just under eighteen hundred, which is not far away from from what Penrith had against the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um. Roosters, though, had more post-contact metres. They had 17, 17, uh, 15 more tackle breaks. Um, 
Broncos average, uh, sorry, the Sharks average set distance was 42 metres, which is quite a lot higher than the average. It's usually around 35 or so. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that has been going on a lot with the Sharks this year is they will make big metres in every set. But when they get the end and they're in the right position for a good attacking play with one, one or two tackles to go, execution is shit. Yeah. And, and I, like, I felt the exact same way about both these teams pretty much all year. I just I thought that they weren't a problem for anybody that was a real shot. And this game really felt like it it rammed that point home where, you know, these two teams were really struggling to beat one another. Um, there was a, a few injuries there for, for both sides. But, yeah, they just they lacked the killer blows, but both teams did. And, I mean, the Sharks just, you know, how long how long does it take before Fitzgibbon comes under the spotlight? Because he, he took over from John Morris and he moved them forward. He did. But, like, are they really more of a threat now than they were under Morris? I don't think they are. And and at some point, you've got to start asking those questions. He brought in a lot of players. He spent a lot of money. And a lot of those guys have just been okay or have not played. And I, I part of me wonders if he decided to try and make a team that could tackle its ass off and try to get sort of veterans in and, and players that can do a lot of work and stuff. But you've got to have more than that. And so they don't really worry teams too much. And, and I don't know, I just felt like this is the way the shark season was always going to end. And the fact that the Roosters managed to beat them and the Roosters were really bad in this game themselves, I, I, I thought it said a lot about where the Sharks are at as a team right now. Well, the Sharks did themselves no favours because they lost this game by one point. They missed two goal attempts. Mm-hmm. That's been a bit of a story for them over the last few years as well, is poor goal kicking. Mm-hmm. And it's cost them a game here. Mm-hmm. And that, it's as simple as that. It doesn't matter what any other incident happened on the field. They missed two two shots of goal. That's four points. Yeah. They lost by one. It's yeah. as simple as that. And, you know... Um, it, it's um, I think back to your point about Fitzgibbon I think you're right he, he has tried to build a team that's defensively strong in the middle and that's where the purchase of Dale Finnegan was really important and the Sharks mm-hmm. have missed him a lot since he got injured mm-hmm. um, because that middle defence has been flimsy ever since he left and it's been inconsistent and it's been a large reason why they haven't been able to be competitive with the top eight sides for the majority of the, you know, the year. Yeah. And he's also, he, he just keeps it in check. He keeps it where it should be. He keeps everyone manned up when they need to be and sliding exactly where they need to be. And when you've got your middle working like that, you're forcing your opposition to constantly play wide all the time and they play away from their strengths in the middle. And it's a lot of one-on-one work out there. And if they're scoring tries... And it's like the Sharks, you're scoring tries out wide in the corners. Mm. There's more often than not, you're going to be scoring four points, not six. Um, but yeah, it's, it was a blood-driven game. Really was, yeah. It was kind of shocking. And, you know, uh, the the Roosters win it. They go on and face the Storm. I think <laughs> as busted as the Storm are, I, I think the Storm will just tear them to shreds. 
And I said yeah. that against the Storm against the Broncos, so we'll find out. But, yeah, that's how I feel. Well, I had the Sharks to win this one by four, and yet I'm to win by seven. Yeah, and we're both wrong on that one. Yeah. Um, the last game, uh, Canberra back to their choking best. But still, how entertaining <laughs> was it? it? Look, it was pretty entertaining. There's no doubt about it. Um, I didn't get to see all of this game. Mm-hmm. So I saw parts of the first half, and then I saw probably about the last 10, 15 minutes of the game, mm-hmm. a big chunk of the end of the – the tail end of the first half and a big chunk of the start of the second half. I missed all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need to ask, how did uh, how did Rapana go? It was like he read exactly what you said last week. <laughs> and he said, you know what, if it's 60-40 – my first 60% of this game is going to be the best 60% ever. And then the second half, he wasn't like the other 40%. He wasn't horrible, but there were, there were the missed tackles that he made. There was a couple of really bad missed tackles where he could have shut down a try and things like that. But it was just so you just, you nailed it with that comment, you know, Um, because he started the game amazingly and it just went downhill after it probably about, Man, it would have been about 55 minutes or so into the match. It just went downhill. Um, so he should be an X-Factor player off the bench then. <laughs> Maybe. But what if it's still the same percentage? Like if he plays five minutes and 60% of it's amazing, but the you know the other 40% sucks, that's still not good. Now, just, just tell him, your game starts in the second half. Yeah. Or well, don't tell him that. Just um, let him know. Yeah. The first 40 minutes, no, no, we're not playing the game, mate. They're just having a practice run out there. <laughs> Kickoff starts in 40 minutes. And he runs out and then after full time goes, bring him in. Mm. Just have Ricky have a, a separate room for him. Have a mm. chat with him. He says, out your shoot, buddy. <laughs> it's like when players get knocked out and they don't know where they are and shit. I always say, like, you listen, Wally Lewis, you get back out there on Suncorp, all right? That's all right. <laughs> That's the Rapana minutes right there. He's yeah. out there. He's doing kick returns against nobody. A couple of interesting um, things out of this game. Um, first of all, everyone, can we just calm down with Dom Young? Can we like? I, I've seen Dom Young go from being like, oh, he's doing really well this year, to is this guy the best winger in the game? Has no. there been? I've, I've got to ask. Yes. And I'm I'm genuine about this because I've okay. I've really stayed away from the media for the during the finals. So it's become really insufferable. Yeah, yeah. Um, has anyone compared him to Martin Offier yet? Not yet. Okay, I expect but that to happen soon. In the last seven days. Yeah. Because he scored a couple of good tries in the last round, and the thing was like no other winger in the game could score those tries. It's like they do it every fucking week. Let's calm down here. <laughs> and then, he, like he's playing good footy. You know, he's he's doing his job. But it's like, is this guy the best winger in the game? It's like, no. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> There's been a bit of that chat recently. I'll, I'll get into that in a sec. We'll look at some of the stats here. Um, the Raiders ran for 2,000 metres in this game. Holy shit. And they lost. And they lost. Post-contact metres, 575. It was nearly 200 more than the, than the Knights. Mm-hmm. 49 tackle breaks to 31. They dominated nearly every single stats field on here um yeah, 
dummy passes. How's this? The Knights had five dummy passes. The Raiders had 47. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, maybe just run it. <laughs> That's what happens when you're worried about your halves because the Raiders don't have halves again. And, uh, yeah, that, they look the Raiders in a lot of ways. They were dominant in parts of this game. They dominated it, every single stat field. They did not. They weren't behind on any one of them, except the scoreboard. <laughs> except the the one that mattered, the scoreboard, which has been their that their game all year. Hey, oh, absolutely. Um, but it's you know up sixteen six at half time, um, and then to basically just to concede three straight tries before they got back on the board again, and by yeah. then they basically lost it. Um. Managed to be locked up at full at, at full time, so we went into extra time. And Ponga kicked a late penalty goal, <laughs> which was enough to get them across the line. I need to bring up this penalty goal because I think there was a wrong decision made. Okay, so they there was this there there was a six again at the play the ball, mm-hmm. and then I believe it was Hudson Young runs from a position on the goal line where the referee said he was offside. Ponga has the ball. He, I think he was, from memory, he was going to go for a field goal, but then it was quickly balked by Hudson Young. Starts running across field and eventually gets tackled in what's deemed to be a high tackle. Over, It's not quite on the sideline. It's maybe 10 metres in from the sideline. Now, the referee blows a penalty, and he says that Hudson Young was offside. And it was basically under the posts. So they go back to take the the kick, the penalty kick, under the posts. That has not happened all year. And we've talked about this on the podcast where basically if you get a six again, if you get six again for holding down in the ruck, for instance, you mm-hmm. play the ball back and the dummy half drops it trying to get the ball. And that's been a turnover all year. Yep. And it's like, well, the, the penalty... There was no penalty, you know, and for some reason, this was a penalty, and there was time for a play to be to be had, and we go back to a penalty under the sticks. I I don't believe that was the right call, and I didn't see anybody else saying anything about it. There was one guy on my Twitter feed who was like, "I I kind of agree with you. There's something weird happened there." But most people just sort of didn't care too much about it, and I was a bit shocked by that. Now, either I've got the rule wrong or that that was applied in the wrong way. Like, what do you think about that? I, um, I'll i tell you what I thought. I, I actually agree with you. I actually think they, they did get it wrong. Yeah. The first thing I thought was, and I'm, this is going to sound like I'm defending the ref. I wondered if the ref has applied the rule according to what it used to be mm-hmm. a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And the flip-flopping around with the set restarts and stuff, because it's not the same set restart rules that we had last year or the year before. It's yeah. somewhat weakened and penalties now replace some set restarts, depending where the play is, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that has confused him at the time when, obviously, we're in the 88th minute, so um, fatigue is also set in, which is going to impact decision-making. Mm-hmm. And I thought... Maybe he's just gone with, um, you know, muscle memory sort of thing took over. So, yeah. Yep, all through my junior days, that was a penalty. Bam. And that's what he's just gone and done. And as we see with a lot of referees, when they make the wrong decision, 
Um, Bill Harrigan. <clears throat> they are real. They will not. They will not reverse their wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Once they make it, they stick with it. Because if they had taken that kick from out where they said there was a high tackle, I would have not thought about it again. But they took the kick from basically in front of the sticks, and that was game over at that point. And I just didn't understand how they come to that decision. Yeah, it was a little bit weird because if they deemed that the play could continue, and I don't know if the the advantage rule I don't think applies when uh, a foul has been committed. I think the advantage rule applies when there's been a change of possession due to a drop ball. Mm. You know, if if one team drops the ball, the other side picks up, and then they run 15 metres and someone gets tackled and they drop the ball as they get tackled, then they come back to the original infringement and I, yeah, yeah, I tend, to run, tend to pick up the ball, gets it back again. That's the advantage rule. I don't, I'm pretty certain you can't have that in play when it's a penalty. So I don't know why players are allowed to resume if Hudson Young is deemed to be offside. Well, and it's then like... gets hit with a high tackle, and then they go, oh, no, 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 let's ignore that high tackle and mm. come back to the original penalty. That's the bit that's weird. Like, why was a player allowed to progress when mm-hmm. an infringement had already been made that was a penalty infringement? That's the bit that's weird for me. Yeah, yeah. I just think that that was the wrong decision, and... Look, it, it it was the game-deciding decision, and I don't know. I, I I found it weird that I was there was not many people on Twitter that even thought twice about it. And They're probably all worried that Ricky Shields going to come and bash him for saying anything. Just be quiet. <laughs> or maybe actually we, they all left. They saw that isn't and gone, oh, let's not change to the press conference, and that's where they were. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it was just a strange one, but... Look, the Raiders had their chances. As you said, they really lost it in that little period after halftime where they let the Knights play like world beaters. Um, they did well to fight back, but, you know, you can't you can't give up those things in a game. And I thought that it showed a little bit both sides, you know, that what they can and can't do in this competition. Um, yes. The fact that, the Knights let the Raiders get away to a bit of a lead and then the Raiders let them lose that lead and then the Knights let them get back into the game. There was a lot of failures there in terms of what you do in finals football. And look, failures are usually what decides finals games. Like, it's very rare that you see someone play a perfect finals game. But uh, it it made for a really entertaining contest. I found myself cheering on the Raiders because it was just so improbable that they were going to win it. And everything in the last few weeks for the Raiders was kind of a bit of a comedy. So just the whole thing was this idea that the Raiders were going to go through to week two of the finals was kind of funny to me. And I was kind of cheering that on, especially having watched the Channel 9 intro to fucking this game, which was they didn't mention the Raiders until the Raiders took the lead in this match. Like it was. Oh, this is so Newcastle. This reminds me of the glory days of Newcastle. Like Andrew Johns is talking about when they used to get 30,000 people into the ground in 1988. I'm thinking to myself, I'm pretty sure that didn't happen, Andrew, Mm, mm. you know? Yeah, yeah. It was never really that big. No, no. (laughs) And like he's talking about getting those crowds back in 1988 and shit. And it it was just a real big giant wank. And so to see the Raiders come out and lead at half time was kind of funny to me. 
But, you know, the Knights come back. They won the game. They go through and they face the Warriors next week in New Zealand. And good luck. Yeah. Now, um, there was one comment I heard um, that was stupid in the commentary for the Broncos Storm game. And that was Paul Vorton mm-hmm. when there was a scrum win against the feed. And Paul Vorton went on with the, I haven't seen one of those since Max Cruz. I said, oh, shut up, you fucking idiot. They have it every year. <laughs> Channel 9's coverage is oh, so is dated. Tedious. I had to watch Channel 9 coverage on the weekend. Yeah. Um, and I went, this is horrid. I don't mm. know how people are watching this. How do, how do they have viewer numbers that are more than seven? I don't know. It, like, and everything's just so bad. Like, they'll, you know, they'll go to the sideline and you hear, you know, some monotone voice telling you breaking news this player's injured it's like we fucking watched it man and that like there was a point in the newcastle game where newcastle versus canberra game and uh uh tapani he got taken to the uh to the head bin for a head knock and i'm watching i'm like well he he will be out for all of this extra time period took 15 minutes for brad fitler to key on in that fact you know, and I'm like, it's just like these these dudes do this professionally. And Andrew Johns, I swear Andrew Johns doesn't watch rugby league. It's really weird to hear one of the greatest players, the best player I ever saw play, like just not knowing players. Yeah, it's really weird. He he's lost. He he really is lost. Um, speaking of lost, mm-hmm. going back to we'll about to venture into before apparently on NRL 360 this week mm-hmm. the question was asked is Nathan Cleary in the conversation for the best halfback ever all right let's do this okay um well Fuck I put no I was gonna say I put my answer out there and we'll discuss it from there I said no full stop yeah that's fair <laughs> enough that's fair enough <laughs> it, it, what is he he's 25 26 oh, man. Look, before you even Looking to what Nathan Cleary's accomplished, and this is not to take anything away from him. Okay, yeah, Great have a look. Who, have a look. He's in the conversation with him, and then go. You're, you're trying to tell me that he's above those people or should be considered on their same tier. Um, just have a look in modern time for the names that people know: Peter Sterling, Steve Mortimer, Alan Langer, Ricky Stewart, Jonathan Thurston, Andrew Johns. I mean, is he above those people? No. Maybe, maybe some of them, not all but, of them. But they had entire full careers. Yeah, and, that's right. And, like, is Nathan Cleary, I mean, he's 25, and touch wood, physically, he's good. He comes from a family of footballers. He's a strong dude. Uh, yeah. Like, he might be a third of the way through his career, maybe. Yeah. He's, like, he's not at halfway. No. So what the no. fuck are they talking about? I don't know. It, it's ridiculous. And I don't know why they want to go down this avenue of having this conversation after spending most of the year bitching and moaning about everything that goes on in rugby league. All of a sudden, they're going, is this the best player ever? Is this the mm. best of all time? It's like, first and foremost, it proves how little football, they're not just watching this year, but how little football they've been watching over the majority of their journalist careers. Yes. And it's that stupid old 
fucking cretin that's on there, bloody Rothfield. <laughs> Banging on about some shit. Yeah. Well, here's a question for you. And I know stick, I know. stick to hiding pop points looking at people walking their fucking dogs into supermarkets, you dumb old prick. Fair so, income. I know I know the answer you'll give to this one. Is he a better half back than uh, Greg Alexander? Yes. I don't think he is. But I would say that Greg Alexander was not an out and out halfback. Well, as an all round footballer, Greg Alexander is was a better player. So yes. Yeah, right? Yes. I think as a halfback, I think Greg Alexander had uh, a few more strings to his bow in attack. Um, he wasn't the same defender. And to be fair, I think that in the whole history of the game, there's, I mean, from the ones that I've seen, it's really only Andrew Johns who can, who has the size and the ability in defence um, that Cleary has. I'd liken Greg Alexander's style of play as a halfback to Nico Hines. There's a lot of ball running involved in it. A bit of creative creativity with the kicking game and the passing game and stuff like that. But um, he was a better organiser than Hines. Don't get me wrong there. But it was very similar in the sense that it was very much based around a running game, whereas Cleary's is much more rounded. See, I don't rate Hines, hey? You don't have to. I'm not talking yeah. about... I'm not saying that they're on the same level. I'm saying style-wise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I... I mean, I think, another one would be, would be Luke Brooks, but Luke Brooks' kicking game is atrocious compared to Alexander's. But he does mould his game around his one core strength, and that's his running game. Brandy was the same. He was very fast runner and had a very good swerve. Um, Lockie was another one with a good swerve on him as well. Didn't use stepping as much. He just had the pace to go round people. Um, I, I would say, if I, I'm trying to think of who I would like line him up with, because he's a very unique player. That's the thing. He's that's why I was thinking Hines because Hines is one of those few players in the modern game who's been able to perform at fullback and halfback, which is what Greg Greg Alexander did. You're not going to find too many players who can do both in the modern game. You know who's run a game Brandy reminds me of, and this is a weird one, and and people will be put off because of the stature. Alan Langer. I think that he, I think Greg Alexander had the same ability to pick when to run that Langer did. Different sorts of body types, though, right? He probably didn't have that kick at the end of his runs that Langer did, because Langer would put Langer would get through the line and then he'd put a kick in and and get it back. He's he, but best. he had to because he just he wasn't as fast as Alexander. Brandy had yeah. plenty of toe. Yeah, he had a turn of speed. Yeah, uh, especially when he was younger. Um, but uh, like I, I think if you put Greg Alexander in this, and it's nothing against Nathan Cleary. Nathan Cleary is the best halfback in the game right now, and he's going to get better. His years, his years of developing as a halfback are all ahead of him, right? Yeah, that's right. It, and when you're 25 as a halfback, you need to have the basics there to then go on to maybe be a great. And the cool thing is that Cleary's got all those basics there. And now we're going to see what type of halfback he is going forward. But I, th- I so I think if you took Greg Alexander and put him in this Panthers team, it would be it, they'd be better. Hmm, that's my opinion. I think it, if you put Alexander in this team, mm-hmm. he'd be five eighth. I think he probably would be too. 
in the modern day, he'd be a better five eighth. But I yeah. think that he would play half back, and he would he would kill it behind this pack. Man, he'd kill it. I was no doubt he would, but I I think uh, Cleary would be the starting seven. Imagine if you could have Cleary at seven and Brandy at six. Fuck <laughs> off. Fuck off. Just be ridiculous. <laughs> and, be Dylan, so... and Dylan Edwards at bloody uh, at fullback. It'd be ridiculous. You could get Roy Simmons to come back and be hooker. Like that'd be cool. Current, like current Roy Simmons. <laughs> it'd be fine. You probably could, eh? <laughs> It'd still dominate. It's great. I can't believe that how good this Panthers team is. Like they keep doing stuff that is like I would never have dreamed of. It's really weird. Um, it's now for the our prediction for that last game. Um, I picked the Knights to win by three, and you had them by six. Okay, so we weren't far off. We weren't far off. Um, shall we preview the two games on this week? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right, because I've got a few stats for that one as well, so for those two as well, so we can get into that. So first up, we've got the Storm versus the Roosters. Um, Melbourne have won 14 of the last 20 games against the Roosters, which goes back to 2015. Mm-hmm. The Roosters, though, have won three of the four finals games they've played against the Storm. And here's an interesting stat that I found today. The Storm and the Roosters have played in 101 of the 233 finals games played since 1998. That's a lot. 43% of all finals games since 1998 have had either the Storm or the Roosters in them. That's weird. You would think that that was an impossible, like an impossible stat. That is insane. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so those are the numbers. Let's have a look at the lineups, if there's any changes there. Excuse me while I uh, navigate around the NRL website, because it's brilliant like this. <laughs> um. Well, while I'm doing this, because it's taking forever, Jack White got three weeks for biting as well. I did he? I thought yeah. that that was a weird one. You know, I, I people, people, uh, as I said on Twitter, get someone to grab you around the head while you're being held down on the ground by two other people and then to shove their forearm into your fucking mouth and see what happens. Well, I thought most players, what they would have done is just grab the back of their neck and got a penalty. But White just thought he'd have a chew. I mean, you know. I think there's a difference between going out your way to bite someone, which we have seen, and someone shoving their forearm in your mouth. Yeah. I don't know. I, I figured the the one he got done for, um, he didn't need to chomp down. Like, I, I understand that he's probably trying to get the arm out of his mouth. Um but if he hadn't have moved his jaw in any way whatsoever, just moved his head around or something like that, just do something, mm-hmm. uh, probably wouldn't have been a problem. And, and yeah, that shit probably happens to, you know, in every single game. You'd never know. I reckon that if the Raiders were playing this week, he would have got off with it. Yeah, it's possibly true. And, and uh, Gamble apparently, after making the complaint on the field, decided not to not to provide evidence to the judiciary, which is like I saw people complaining about that uh, on Twitter because all people do on fucking Twitter is complain fucking cunts. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Tyson Gamble's allowed to, you know, not give it evidence if he doesn't want to at that point. That's fine. 
That's fine. That's fine. He got what he wanted out of the result. Out of that result, so you fucking know. dumb cunts on Twitter, Andrew. What a bunch <laughs> of dumb fucking whinging cunts. That's right. Yeah. Go over there and follow us. <laughs> um. <laughs> I saw the uh, the Oracle was on there and he was whinging about the referee and some other stuff for some game and I said, mate, bashing a referee is it's the weak way out. Sure, they make errors, but bashing them and causing saying that they're the reason for the change in result, yeah, no. Not one decision by a ref. You've had 80 minutes to get that result right. Don't well, blame the ref like, for one decision at the end of the game. Exactly, exactly. I, I The thing about that penalty kick for me is, like, I, I was wondering, like, am I wrong about this rule? And I was really curious to see if I was wrong about the rule. And if somebody proves me wrong, it's like, okay, there you go. But, uh, you know, if, if you don't want to lose the game, don't go to extra time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you were up by 10 points at half time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so with the Storm Roosters game, uh, a lot of changes here for the Storm. Pappenhausen, Coates, and Tonomapia are out. Um, Olam, Sevi, Remus Smith, Tapaima Aroa, Tyron Smith, and Suafar Longa have all come into the side. Grant Anderson, Alec McDonald, I think, on the extended bench. The Roosters have lost Billy Smith, Joey Manu, and uh, Joseph Suwali. Uh, their back line is basically a bunch of reserve graders. Mm-hmm. Um, Paunga, who I think came from the Tigers as a junior, he's now on the wing. Momorovsky's at centre next to Corey Allen, who was a fullback slash winger at the Roosters and Bulldogs. And Jackson Paulo's on the other wing. Mm-hmm. Um, Fletcher Baker's going to be in the front row. So Ayo Wong will be in the second row. He's playing um, really good. Wong. He's actually, Victor Radley has not been his um, season-long absolute shitfulness of the last few weeks either. Not saying no, he's great, but he has got he has played better and you know played where he should have been playing all year. Yeah, well, it, like, he's not fucking up. Like, yeah. he, he's not doing anything amazing with the ball or in defense, but he's just not fucking up, and that goes a long way. It helps. It mm. really helps. Um, but, yeah, a lot of changes in both sides, especially in the back lines. So it kind of evens it out a little bit, really. Yeah, and, I, I mean, I like the players the Storm have brought in. I mean, imagine bringing in Olam into the center position, which is going to be fantastic for them. Um, they're playing down there in Melbourne, which will be a big help to them, I think. You know, after having a performance like that, I mean, how many times do Melbourne have bad back-to-back performances as a club? It's very, very rare. Yeah. And this Roosters team, I, I feel like they're kind of limping into this game a little bit. Um, I, I, I didn't rate them anyway at their very best this season. And I, I just think the storm will be a different level of team compared to the roosters. If the, if the roosters play like they did against the sharks, the storm should smash them, but we'll see this storm has, is been surprisingly, uh, conscious. Yeah. It's yeah. just not storm like football. And, it's, it's a little bit of a worry. It's got to be a worry for Craig Bellamy. They've still got quality players in there, but, I mean, I even think that Hughes is sort of carrying himself to the end of the season. He's picked up a couple of injuries here and there. Uh, Munster, Munster hasn't been at his best. Um, 
and, and yeah, there's just little bits here. Now, I mean, Harry Grant hasn't played well this season, I've thought. Yeah, they've all sort of been phasing in and out of, you know, solid form and mm. average and stuff like that. Um, I think the two big plays in this game are on the bench for the Storm, and that's Asper Solomona and Tarek Sims. Mm-hmm. Imagine being able to have those two blocks coming onto the game, say, five, ten minutes before half time. Yeah, Big Nelson, when he came into the game last week, he changed it a little bit. Obviously, yeah. it didn't change the result, but I mean, he was he was really a handful for the Broncos forwards who'd been dominating. Uh, and Sims Sims is one of those plays. I can, he's a perfect player to have on the bench as rolling a roller dice player. Like if things aren't going your way, put him out there because he's the sort of dude that can all of a sudden be through the line and go the you know go sixty meters and score. And yeah. make your fullback look stupid. It's also the sort of dude that can drop the ball on your own ten meter line as well. So it is a, it is a Sims trait. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's been a Sims trait for all the Sims boys too. Yep. It's been kind, really of, kind of like the uh, the Burgess boys have the same similar thing. Yes, yes. Um, the good thing I like about Tarek is he can play either directly in the middle as a prop if you need to, or at lock, mm-hmm. or you can put him on one of the edges, and you can put him on either edge. Yeah. He's so so handy in that way. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with the Storm here by 14. I'm going to go Storm by 28. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, the next game, Warriors versus the Knights. How cool is this going to be? It's going to be a full house there in New Zealand. Uh, th- I saw a thing earlier today where they said that the TV ratings for the All Blacks in the Rugby Union World Cup, where there was a million people watched them, and then 700,000 watched the Warriors game. So there's, like, the Warriors are going to be the big show in New Zealand this week. It's going to be absolutely insane. And Sean Johnson's back. It'll be interesting to see how, he, like, how much he's carrying himself in that game. But... I, I just think that for any team going into that environment is going to be really difficult, and I think that the Knights will not overcome it. Uh, well, the stats tend to agree with what you're saying there because the okay. Knights have won two of their last seven games against the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Their last five finals games have seen them concede an average of 31.6 points per game. That's for mm-hmm. the Knights. Mm-hmm. And the Warriors have won 13 of their last 15 games against the Knights in New Zealand. That goes oh, back wow. to 2006. Wow, that's that's a pretty good record. Um, and, and this is the first time they've met in a finals match. The only thing that w- would worry me if I was a Warriors fan is that the occasion overtakes the, the on-field performance, which can happen at times where, it you know, sometimes there's so much expectation and there's a set there'll be a bit of a celebration that the Warriors are there and they're playing at home and all this sort of stuff and if that overwhelms the team see what maybe you know on that front Mm -hmm. the fact that coming into this game having lost and it's sudden death might be enough to take that away yeah yeah true might be enough to keep them absolutely focused um because they've got some pretty big names coming in. They've got Bunty Afoa, Sean Johnson, um, Edward Cosey as well. Um, the Knights have got Jackson Hastings and Lachlan Fitzgibbon out. Mm-hmm. 
which I mean that's that's pretty bloody big. Um, Adam Clune comes in at halfback. I saw a thing uh, earlier today where there was some journo put out a story where it was like Adam Clune's got his passport and he's ready to play for the Knights. And it's like they've all got passports. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you know, like, hey everyone, I've got a passport. Just letting you know. It's like yeah, it's part of being a professional fucking rugby league player. <laughs> Oh, sorry, I, I like the story that Adam Clune has been. He got called up on Tuesday, on Monday night, and he's gone. Fuck! I better get to the post office. Fucking smart. And he's been running around. He's got nights officials running around saying, "Look, we'll get a photo of you. Get a white background and being. Don't smile. Don't smile. Stop being so happy about being in a finals match and going to New Zealand." Right, got the smile, bang, click, right, print it out, right, right where's the paper? Oh, it's all online, quick, fill it out, we need to do it quick as possible, get on the phone, can we get to the post office, we need to get this thing processed, ASAP, and the straight post goes, eh, it's going to take six weeks, you're like, no, fuck yeah. <laughs> I would like to know who the last player was that didn't have their passport, like, and not, I'm not talking expired or they misplaced it or something, I mean, like, you're a you're a professional rugby league player, and you, you've got to say, oh, I don't have a passport though. Like I can't ever remember that. I'd say nearly all the West Tigers players, whenever they've had to leave Campbelltown, they've gone, oh shit, I can't go to the game. I haven't got my passport on me, mate. It's just a Penrith. Yeah, but I need a passport. I don't have it. <laughs> it's okay. I'll stay at home. That's a um. But yeah, I, I'm surprised that they've put Clune in at seven. I thought they might have moved Gamble to halfback. And then you probably could have had, yeah, yeah, Ponger at six if you wanted to, or leave him there and put someone else at six. I think the six is easier to cover hmm. than the seven. Um, so I was kind of surprised that they, they put Clune in there because, I mean, when did he last play a game? Has he played? I mean, he must have played this year. So, uh, yeah, like, he's, he's played this year. Um, yeah. he's only played four games this year, though. But at least, like, at least they're bringing in a guy with first grade experience. Oh, he played um, the. He played in the last three rounds. Well, there you go. Like, like he's he's got experience, and you know that that this is why they brought him to the club to for that backup role. So. You know, it's it's always good when a plan works out like that. So we'll see where, how it goes. Like, I I just, he is a reserve grade level player, but in terms of having a backup, you know, he, he's not the worst. Like, it's not like they're bringing up some young kid to play his first grade, his first first grade game. Um, at least Clune will go into this match and, you know, not be overawed by it, which is good. Yeah. Um, I do think though the Warriors will get home in this one. Yeah, same. Um, I don't think it's going to be a, a hiding though. I'm going to pick the Warriors by ten. But yeah, I'm, I'm not confident it's going to be that big either. Yeah, I th- I'm going to say Warriors by eight. I think that they're they're going to have to fight for it. Um, and I think that it'll almost be like watching a learning process happening on the field where they kind of get away and then the Knights fight back and they get away a little bit more and the Knights fight back. and But eventually they'll just have enough of a break where you got that eight-point lead and it's, you know, the game's over. Um, and I think it could be a higher scoring game too. I don't think it's going to be a 
defensive um, battle. No, that's right. Um, well, that's the finals done. There's something that has been going on during the year. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, during the week, and that is a number of clubs have already done their awards nights. Yeah. Did you want to go through? Yeah, why not? We can do that. Uh, on Sunday, Parramatta kicked it off. Their player of the year, Clint Gutherson. Well, why not? Fuck why it. not? <laughs> um, it's cool that he's won something. I mean, every every club's got a ton of them, but we'll just go through the player of the year one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Warriors player of the year is Sean Johnson. Yeah. Manly's Daly Cherry Evans. Yep. Um, the Raiders was Joe Tappany. Yeah, no, fair enough. Bulldogs, Jacob Preston. That's a bit of a strange one, but, I mean, they're picking from a pretty rough bunch there. Yeah. He also got Rookie of the Year and the Members Player of the Year. Oh, there you go. Um, the Knights went to Kalen Ponga. Uh, what do you reckon about that one? Callan Ponger. What about that winger bloke? <laughs> yeah, the greatest <laughs> winger of all time. Oh, dear. Um, the Dragons went to Blake Laurie. Uh, man, imagine if he was fit. <laughs> the West Tigers went to Jareem Buller. Okay. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> why not? Um, the Dolphins went to Jermaine Asako. Okay, yeah. Uh, and there's still a few more to come. What else is it? The New South Wales Rugby League did theirs as well. So the Brad Fittler medal went to Brian Tuo. Mm-hmm. The True Blue Award, I don't know what the hell that is, went to Liam Martin. Mm-hmm. Um, the Women's Player of the Year, Emma Tonegato. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is there? A bunch of other small things. Why is the New South Wales Rugby League holding an awards ceremony? Most of that is for, for the New South Wales Cup. Okay, all right. Yeah, all right. I was going to say because it's like three games. It's a weird, yeah. Weird one. No, so so it's the New South Wales Cup, the um, New South Wales Women's Premiership, the Jersey Flag, mm-hmm. Sydney Shield, all those minor competitions as well in Sydney. Okay. Um, so that that's what they're covering. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Um. So what have we got coming up? Um. 15th of September, so in three days' time, the QRL, Melbourne Storm is going to be the end of September or first week of October. The Rugby League Players Association will be the 1st of October. Um, and then we've just got no dates, no dates uh, confirmed for these ones, but the Broncos, Sharks, Titans, Cowboys, Panthers, South, Roosters, and the Daly M Awards have not been done yet. Mm-hmm. So there we go. We've got a few awards out of the way there. Oh, there we go. It's uh, smashing out the, the, the info for you all here today, people. Yeah, it's lots of info. You've been doing your homework, Andrew. What the hell? And to think that this episode may not give, even be getting recorded. <laughs> <laughs> it would really suck if that's the case. Yeah, you'll have to you'll have to wing it all. <laughs> um, there's something I saw on Twitter today. Which which amused me. It was an email that um friend of the podcast, Alan Pierce, received. Yes. Did you see this? I saw that I saw that there was an email that you were both bemused by but I didn't read it because I haven't been on Twitter much the last couple of days. So okay. keep me with it. This is what the email says. Okay. 
We don't know who it's from. He's blacked it out. That's fine. Okay. Hi, Alan. I think what would be better than rigid helmets would be padding, maybe like Jonathan Thurston used. I'm pretty sure that would help as it would produce less acceleration of the brain tissue because the force will be slowed down less fast and cushioned. <laughs> now, just going to stop you there. Less fast is a technical term. Uh, it's very complicated. But would you throw in slowed down less fast? Yeah. Is that a double negative? Slowed down less fast. That's a good point. (laughs) 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 Um, He goes on. This is a bit that uh, Alan liked the most. You could easily test the difference by banging your head on a table, first with a pillow wrapped around your head Mm -hmm. and then without it. I do not think it would hurt much with the pillow around your head, but with it, but without it, it would hurt. They may need more tests to confirm this with larger sample sizes. What do you think? First of all, I want to be there when they do the testing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I I just replied and said, Alan, you need to say, there's a reason why the airbag is deployed inside the car and not outside it. (laughs) It's the same concept. We're not we're not trying to protect the headgear. We're trying to protect the brain. Yeah. Oh my fucking god! I tell you what, someone sat down and really thought that through, eh? And then went submit. Yeah. <laughs> like how long were they? How many nights were they just lying there and going like, yeah, "My head feels soft on this pillow. I reckon if I hit my head on the on a table with this pillow, there, I'd be fine." <laughs> I'm sure they've done it. They've put the pillow on the table. Actually, no, no, they said wrap the head. So he's obviously gone and wrapped, got a bit of duct tape, wrapped the pillow, taped it around his head, and just started headbutting shit. <laughs> Boom, that didn't hurt. Boom, that didn't hurt. Maybe that's the future rugby league. Everyone's playing with a couple of fucking pillows wrapped around <laughs> their head with some fucking tape. Oh, my God. That'd the first great. thing I thought, I said to Alan... When I retweeted, I just said, this is what happens when Phil Good starts emailing doctors about HOAs. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> oh, shit. Oh, oh, my God. That's the funny shit I've seen all week. Imagine emailing that to a neuroscientist. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. How do you reply to that? I don't know. Like, do you just say thanks? <laughs> Would you like to come in and help us with that? <laughs> this is, no, no, bang your head harder, 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 harder. Just keep harder. bouncing his head until he gets knocked out. Says, you can go home now. That's, just, that's weird, man. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, do you want something from the West Tigers? I always enjoy West Tigers news. I've got a fun fact. Okay. Benji Marshall won a golden boot and the Dalian 5 of the Year award, but he never, ever won the top gong as the West Tigers' best player. No fucking way. Are you serious? Yeah. So, you know, even when the West Tigers have got the best player in the world in their ranks at the time that he's given that award, they still can't see that. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> what have you, got, have we got? Have you got a list of the winners of their player of the year? Uh Yes, where would I put that? I've got it here somewhere. I just want to know who the better players were in the years that Benji Marshall was there, you know? <laughs> here we go. Let's have a look. So he started in 2003, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I can just go through all the West Tigers players of the year. Might as well. It's only four more years. Yeah. 
Okay, so in 2000, Tyron Smith. Okay. 2001, Ben Galea. Mm-hmm. 2002, John Scandalis. Mm-hmm. Then Anthony LaFranchi. Mm-hmm. 2004, Brett Hodgson. Okay. 2005, Hodgson and Scott Prince. Okay. 2006 and 2007, Robbie Farrer. Mm-hmm. 2008, Chris Hyington. Okay. 2009, 10 and 11. So this is when Benji's at his peak. And Killing it. Best in the world. Yep. Killing Gareth, it. Gareth Ellis. All three years. <laughs> he won it all three years. All three years. Fuck off. 2012, Aaron Woods. 2013, Liam Fulton. 2014, Aaron Woods. 2015, James Tedesco. 2016, Mitch Moses. 2017, Elijah Taylor. 18 and 19, Luke Brooks. 2020, David Nofaluma. 2021, Luke Brooks and Dane Laurie. And 2022, Joe Offerhengawi. Well, that, I mean, that's <laughs> special from a special club. <laughs> Fuck. Gareth Ellis. Imagine Benji Marshall sitting there. He's in that turd of a side. He's dragging them, kicking and screaming to wins. And they, it's like, player of the year, Gareth Ellis again. What a fucking load of shit. You think of the, the size of the catchment areas that they've got, the West Tigers, mm. and the person who's received their player of the year award more often than anybody else came from England. Yeah. <laughs> the widest run in second row in history. He only just retired this year, hey? Oh, he's like 49 or something. Yeah. Um, I I found that fascinating. Yeah, that's insane. That's really <laughs> insane. That's, that's wor- that is way worse than Darren Lockyer never winning the Dalian medal. Oh, way worse. Like, that's – it's almost impossible. Like – They've only had a, a couple of quality players in their whole history, and Benji Marshall's one of them. Yeah. He's almost very clearly the best player they've ever had. Mm. Well, he just is. He's like by a mile. That's <sighs> crazy. We know what else is crazy. Yeah, okay. Latrell, we, Latrell Mitchell has never been named player of the year for any club either. Latrell Mitchell. Uh, see, I can see it. I can see it at, at the Roosters, maybe, because he was a little bit younger there. But, yeah, it's surprising that he hasn't Ooh. been at the at the. From Rabbits. 2018 to 2022, mm-hmm. all five of those years, Tedesco's got the award at the Roosters. Okay. Um, Junior Totolo got it last year for the Bunnies. Cody Walker, the two years before that, and Damian Cook, the two years before that, and Sam Burgess, the two years before that. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's been their best player over the last couple of years. Yes. Did, did you yeah. see the media's still going after him? Oh, of course they are. Yeah, saying that he he refused to take a picture with a kid at a at – a, it was the Mark Iyer Cup in Penrith. They were playing it, and uh, Mitchell – allegedly, Mitchell yeah. was with his family, and somebody asked him for a photo, and he, he turned them down. Um and yeah, that, that, apparently that was big news on the radio in the last few days because you know a bunch of fucking eighty-year-olds sitting around their wireless need something to complain about. Is there any chance that the kid was, um, I don't know, maybe had cancer and leukemia and 
every other type of disease in the world. Just trying to get. They'll do any. He he walked all the way to Penrith from Ethiopia. Yeah, all the things that the media love to toss up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His his parents can only afford one wheel, <laughs> so they ride on a unicycle everywhere. Yeah. The turns up. You know, the one thing that was going to get them all to survive for the rest of their lives was a signature from Latrell Mitchell, and he's just gone fuck off and jumped fuck into off. his. Three hundred and forty-five million dollar Mercedes Benz and fucked off. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the media needs to get a fucking grip mm-hmm. and a life. Mm-hmm. Um, if because if they're not chasing around Latrell trying to demonise the bloke, they're hiding in the fucking scrubland track and taking pictures of um, Nathan Cleary just trying to go for a walk with his missus. Yeah, they're they're, they're kind of gross. Um. And that's, you know, players should just not talk to them. I would just not talk to them. But then again, we all remember when uh, Darius Boyd just wouldn't talk to the media and he was pretty upfront about it and they just hounded that guy. Yeah. And, like, I, I, I'm not a big fan of Darius Boyd for no other reason than his football. I don't care what else he does. But uh, he, like, he just didn't want to talk to the media and they were like, well, we pay the bills and who would Darius Boyd be without us and blah, blah. Meanwhile... Darius Boyd, test player, origin player, every year. Um, and, yep. yeah, that, it, it was all the media, though. Without us, where would he be? Oh, millionaire, every year. Yeah, still play footy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing changes. They're crazy. They're probably, so crazy. Probably living a more peaceful existence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> oh, they're, they're insane. Absolute mutts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so what else has been going on now that I've sort of dominated everything there? Usually I've, I've got to sit there and ask you about all the news and then I just throw shit in from the side, but I've, I've kind of gone crazy this week. Yeah, it's, it's great. I, uh, like I haven't seen too much else happening. I've been, I've kind of taken a little bit of a quick break from Twitter and just from like, you know, the media, I'm always taking a break from that shit, but, um, and so I've really just been focused on the footy and, and really enjoying the games and thinking about the possibilities. And like, I mean, if, if what we think is going to happen is the storm will end up playing the Panthers next week and then the Warriors play the Broncos, that'll be really amazing. Um, I don't believe the NRL have decided on where the Panthers will play their game. They're apparently not going to be able to play at their home stadium, so it's either going to be at Parramatta Stadium, which I saw somebody saying the NRL prefers, or they will play it at Aquil Stadium, which is the Sydney Olympic Stadium. Um, and look, I, I don't care either way. You know, it's, it's, it, it'll be a good crowd wherever they play it. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's all shaping up really interesting. Um, and I, I just, I'm really enjoying the footy. I'm really, I. The thing I love about finals footy is that this is where the story of the game gets told. Like what you do in a regular season is normally a footnote to this stuff. And when you look through rugby league history, they'll talk about the odd game here and there, but it's always as a footnote to what happened in the finals. And so this is where careers are made. And this is where you you know, whether you're a really good player or you're just a regular season player, this is where you find out all that stuff. And it's 
really cool to watch it playing out in front of you. And that's why it was cool to see what Brisbane did on the weekend against the the Storm because that was a young team. And we've talked about this is kind of their first run in the finals and they put the marker down. And then the Panthers had to follow that up and they did. And now we'll see what happens with these teams on the weekend. I can't wait till that, that New Zealand Warriors game. That's going to be so cool to watch. Bloody oath. Now, <clears throat> aside from the NRL finals, there's some other important footy games going on in the next month and a half. Mm-hmm. International Rugby League is back. Nice. It was cool that uh, it's been resuscitated after the International Rugby League killed it. Yes, and if you want to see an actual calendar with the actual games on it, mm-hmm. go to Rugby League Project because we've got them there. Can I just uh, bring up a point, Andrew? Okay. If you go to the International Rugby League's website, they don't have the same comprehensive list at all, not even close to what you have for the fixtures that are upcoming on Rugby League Project. And I would also say that any other affiliated website that is supposedly working with the International Rugby League, they don't have this information either. That's why everyone goes to Rugby League Project for their statistics and the schedule of the games and the results. I'll have to take your word for it. <laughs> I I only work on Rugby League Project, so I'll take your word for it on this one. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've um, looked it up. Trust me, I've looked it up. <laughs> and was, I was sadly disappointed if you're by the anything, other alternatives. If you're anything other than gorgeous, it's thorough. Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, this Saturday... Humble too, by the way. Well, look, I don't want to toot your own horn, but um, most humble man ever, I believe, is yeah. the term. Yeah. No exactly. one is more humble than you. The best at being humble. Yeah. Um... Yeah, this Saturday, Montenegro plays Malta. This is an interesting one. Where do they play that game at? That will be in uh, uh, in it's in Montenegro, a place called Tivat. Okay, what's oh, the sorry, capital? Mon- sorry, Montenegro. What's the capital of Malta? Malta, I don't know. I don't know either. Rugby league is the capital of Malta. <laughs> <laughs> Make that shit happen. Um, the week after that, Malta plays Bulgaria. Um, that's next next Saturday. Next Sunday, Serbia plays France in Serbia. That'll be an interesting one. Mm. It'll be interesting um, to see how France goes. That That's a real crossing of the levels in international rugby league. It'll be a good uh, guide for Serbia as to where they're at. Well, given Serbia's currently listed, but they're currently 10th on the rankings list. Mm. France is around 6th or so. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see because Serbia does play well in the past anyway, not so much now. Um, quite regularly, they've been playing a little bit more regularly since COVID. They used to be one of the most active teams in Europe prior to COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just starting to get their mojo back in in that regards. Um, September thirtieth, Netherlands plays Norway. Um, the week after, Netherlands then plays Albania. Uh, October 14, we've got Australia playing Samoa and the Netherlands playing Serbia. Uh, October 15, P&G plays Cook Islands. October 21, New Zealand plays Samoa. Malta plays Chile. That's in Sylvania Waters in Sydney. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that's at 2 p.m. on Saturday, October 21. Go over to... Rugby League Park, I believe. (laughs) Yeah, that's the one. Foreshore Rugby League Park. (laughs) Um, October 21 also. This is a big day. Netherlands plays Germany over in the Netherlands. I think it might be in the Netherlands. Mm -hmm. All the research I've done so far has said that that was in the Netherlands. It could be in Germany. Who knows? We'll find out, I guess, on October 21. (laughs) (laughs) October 22, Fiji plays Cook Islands. England plays Tonga. Uh, October 28, Malta plays the Philippines in both the men's and women's games at Cabramatta. Mm -hmm. Um, October 28, also has Australia playing New Zealand. England playing Tonga. Czech Republic playing Netherlands. October 29, PNG plays Fiji. November 4, England plays Tonga. There's a few women's games in there as well, but that's um, a lot of them are sort of doubled up along the way. It's similar venues. Yeah. But, yeah, it's a pretty chock-a-block uh, calendar coming up up until November 4. A lot of it's on Saturdays and Sundays. It's good. I, and, like, I guess from this Pacific Championship that they're playing, like, we're going to work out who the current best team in the world is. Yeah, it'll be down here somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, where else would it be? Yeah, it's that's not going to be in fucking Europe. They can't play rugby league. We've seen that. What's it going to be in Wales? Nothing good comes out of Wales. Well, Wales, are, Wales, Scotland, Ireland are not playing any internationals. Good. Watch them stay in the top ten or yeah. the top fifteen. <laughs> Where's Scotland? Scotland seventeen. Watch them they'll, still get in the World Cup. <laughs> they'll, they'll come out with some explanation of. Yes, they didn't play, and while that has been important in the past, we've changed it, so not losing is a positive. They get 10% of all of the points that England gets for playing because it's part of the Great Britain wank. Who knows? We don't know how that works. No one knows. Who's it for? What's that? The the fucking wank. What in the shit was that? Someone decided that, you know... It's 11 o'clock at night. We need to do laps up and down suburban streets. Wow. Yeah. Holy um, crap. It's okay. I'll go out there soon and put a brick through as we know. You won't do it again. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I like to be calm when I solve problems. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a big, big month and a half coming up. And look, actually, I'm really looking forward to the international footy more than the the finals in the NRL. Really? See, I, yeah. like obviously, I'm uh, I've got a little bit more on the line in the finals. Well, yeah, I mean, I I never do. <laughs> yeah, I guess <laughs> after a decade, you kind of start looking forward to the internationals after August. Right. Eh? Well, you start looking forward to them when you're putting them in back in May. <laughs> <laughs> so. I need something to work towards, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Got to have something to cling on to. Um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be good though. I, I I can't wait to see all the world's best teams playing against each other. So um, yeah, it, it will be awesome to see after the final series is over. Um, and you and me, like I mean, we we will do all the podcasts through all the internationals and through the end of the year too. There's always something to talk about. Bloody oath. Um, we should do history lessons about, like after the footy season's over, hey? Well, that, I mean, I talk a good game in that area. <laughs> I have a stat my finger out of my house. I have a stats guy, right? Yeah. My history guy, I don't know what the fuck happened to him. <laughs> He's been on holidays for a while, that prick. 
Fuck, he's lazy. <laughs> oh, man. Your stats guy, man. On point. On point. Always there when I need him. He'll look up stuff for me instantly. Instantly. Dependable, reliable, always there. History, history. guy? Where is he? History guy is fucking history. He's just like, what the? That guy? What guy? Yeah. Who? Doesn't exist. <laughs> Overrated hack, that bloke. What, what's your, what would your guy be? My guy? Yeah, you've got guys. Yeah, I, I, I've got an IT guy. Yeah. Yeah, his name's Sean. Sends you computers. <laughs> Builds a website for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's his, but, you know, I'll just say it's for me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm just his staff, let's be honest. <laughs> if if I could get away with joking about it and people wouldn't think I was being serious, I would do the same thing. I'd be like, oh, yeah, Rugby League Project, that's my site. <laughs> but people would think I was being serious. Yeah, no, it's... It's uh, it's it's a funny sort of uh, system we've got there where Sean, Sean always likes to treat me as though he and I are equals. I always treat him like he's the boss. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good system. It's worked fine for this long. Yeah. Um, Sounds like a fucking marriage, actually. It does a little bit. It's one, how you survive. Except one that works. <laughs> <laughs> I just yield. <laughs> Just keep going. Move on. I'll do the dishes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've I've got that. I've got a um, I've got I've got a few writer guys for the for the uh, yearbooks. Yeah, publisher guy. Yeah, puts it all together. Yeah, I've got a team. You got your team around you. Yeah, a solid core of dedicated, just insanely brilliant humans. Uh, and I'm pretty lucky with that, to be honest. I noticed no females, Andrew. What's the deal there, huh? Ah, uh, there's females. Ah. 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 Yeah. There's females. I'm just going to get in trouble. And? Yeah. Just to show how work I am. Yeah. All types of sexualities as well. Oh, Sexual really? Everything. I've got them all covered. Nice. So we are the wokest Rugby League website there is out there. Rugby League Project. Well, that and with our affiliation with League Unlimited, yes. Yeah. See, my website, right, I don't allow anyone to do shit to it. Well, I mean, but that's how a good dictatorship should work. Exactly. I'm the alpha and the omega, and that's it. All the bases you need to cover... Mm-hmm. That you can possibly do as one human, you've mm. covered. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty That's much. Right. So good. you know, there's nothing wrong with that. How is how is leakfreak.com going? Good, good. I haven't written anything this last week. Um, but I've written a, a little bit lately. It's been good. To I think I got into the habit of like feeling like I needed to smash out 3,000-word giant articles for a long time. <laughs> and, it, like, I just don't. It, like, I can just give a quick opinion here and there, and it's fine. Um, one of the things I was doing was writing about um, grand final winners, which was cool, and just because it gives you a chance to sort of reminisce about teams and stuff like that. But, yeah, because I, 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 at one point I got – I've had different – sorts of things I've written out. So when I started writing 
and it was it, I kind of just fell into it making my own website was just somewhere where people could find me when I got banned off all the forums. And then uh, I would just write little bits here and there about all sorts of different sports. And then it kind of went into, I would do these giant articles writing all sorts of shit. And I think I just got stuck into feeling that's what I had to keep doing. And so I, I finally got out of that now. So I can just write little bits here and there about anything that's on my mind. It's good. Which is more writing than what Paul Kent's doing at the moment. Yeah, he. Uh, I heard that he finally found his audience. He did. He did. Um, there was a an article that we were um, made aware of, thanks mm-hmm. to uh, our boss Nadine. Yes. About uh, Paul Kent's found himself a new line of work. Mm-hmm. What would that be? Uh, he's a part-time limo driver for a funeral home. Nice, that's good stuff. That's yeah. really good. Yeah, the the great thing about it is uh, Kent, possibly in his job interview, said he wants to write a book about the industry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what what the fuck would you write about? Everyone's dead. <laughs> I don't know what happens. You're wheeling a dead person and they put him in the ground. Like, what more do you have to write about that? He said he's interested in the industry and wants to write a book about it. So interested in it that he decided to be a journalist instead for 30 fucking years. Yeah. And this bloke believed him. That's a strange one, hey? Oh, man. It's got got to be weird for him, though, that, like, he's got it pretty set. He's on TV talking about a sport he doesn't know a great deal about. And he's writing about a sport he doesn't really watch. And then it's all over, and then, like, what? You know, and all of a sudden he's driving dead people around the city. Well, let's let's go aside from who he is and what he's done. Mm-hmm. I assumed that he was suspended, not sacked, and they would be suspended with pay. Because at the moment he hasn't been officially charged, or he hasn't officially been um labelled as a criminal. He hasn't been found to have done anything criminal yet. Yeah, yeah. It's all before the courts. Yeah. So he's not sacked. So I would have thought that he was on leave with pay. But the fact that he's had to go and get himself a part-time job has either got me thinking that he's not getting paid or he's under the impression that he's not going to keep his job. Mm. And I think that might be because irrespective of how this court case goes, if they find him innocent, Mm-hmm. It still hangs over his head. It's going to be hard for him to come back on TV or be writing articles mm-hmm. along the same guise of what he used to, which was attacking players for bad behaviour or, <clears throat> you know, character assassination type stuff that he would sometimes go go down. Yeah. So he did a lot of it, but he did a, he dabbled in it every now and then. Mm-hmm. But he's not going to be able to go down that path, even though he he would be pro- if he was proven innocent. He'd still have that hanging over his head. Yeah. Um, people would he'd, people would have absolutely zero time for him, even the ones that, you know, had previously supported the work he did. And so I think he's probably come to the realisation that no matter what happens to this court case, his career in this sector is probably done. And that's mm-hmm. why he started looking for other jobs. The problem he's going to get now is because he's been found at this place, and the one thing I don't agree with is that they've gone out and named the bloody... Uh, the business that he's working for. Yeah. 
So now people are going to go, oh, I'll look them up on the yellow page. They're going to ring up Paul Kett and abuse him and go, well, you're not going to get him. He's driving a car. He's not running the fucking front office. Yeah. But it's just going to it's, – it's going to start ha- happening and he's just going to start getting hassled by the public when he might be trying to want to move on or get away from that sort of shit. And I'm not defending him in any way, but that's what's going to happen now. Mm. And I would much rather that they say no one says shit about him until the court case, then we get the result. And then that's when, and then we go, right, that's it. That's done. If he's found guilty, put him in jail. Don't talk about him. If he's innocent, still don't talk about it. Why would you? I, I Did, don't get this fascination with this bloke. He's just a journo. Yeah. Well, not if, a great one. What if he really is interested in the funeral business? And it makes me think about, like, the the sorts of things that people are interested in that maybe you don't know about. So is there something that you are interested in that maybe our listeners don't know about? Rugby league history? Oh, no. <laughs> like, um, is there something that's, like... Like I don't know, like left wing that is is not left wing, but like out of left field is what I'm really actually saying. Um, where it's like, oh, I like reading about, you know, you know the history of automobiles or something weird. I don't know. Um. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I like to watch Formula One. Yeah, that's something. Um, pretty keen on the wrestling back in the mid-90s when that mm-hmm. was peaking. Mm-hmm. Because um, some people yeah, have, it's... like, interests that uh, you, you sometimes get surprised by, you know? I suppose, I, I mean, I like I like watching documentaries about people who are assholes in the finance sector getting absolutely caught out. And destroyed. There you, go. there you go. Yeah, like proper investigative journalism. Enron shit. Yeah, that gear. Yeah. Yeah. Bernie Madoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, that's fascinating. And that yeah. sort of comes through a previous job I had working with um real estate analytics and fraud systems and stuff like that. I had to do with there. See, that's interesting. See, people would never have, have known that. I don't know. I would have thought opened up about it. I would have thought that that was less interesting than rugby league history. It depends if it's your money that got defrauded from you, I guess, hey? <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But I've had uh, conversations with people down here in Melbourne with, you know, people I work with. Mm-hmm. And I've got a few people who have, you know, after a year or so of chatting with them, they said, I found out that there's a guy with your name who wrote a book about rugby league history. I went, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's me. I went, you've never said anything about it. I'm going, well, you're Victorian. Why would you care? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you wrote a book. I'm going, yeah, but it's about something you don't care about. He says, I don't care. I want a copy of it. Can you sign, give me a signed autograph? I was like, why? You're not going to read it. He says, I'll read it because I know you wrote it. And I went, yeah, but you don't care about it. <laughs> this is why I'm really shit at selling stuff. Mm. Even when I've got an opportunity to, and the person's right there wanting to take it from me, I refuse to give it to them. They're I like, try and talk them out of it. Yeah. You're like, listen, just, I want it, give it to me. And you're like, you're not hearing me, all right? You do not want this book. You don't care. 
they're like, I'm telling you, I care. <laughs> we got to work on that part again, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a problem area for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, yeah, I'm I'm too humble. Yeah, that's you know, I'm just to strut, man. Yeah, I, I I just sort of go back from that. So I need I need some assistance there. I mean, you, you've heard enough of, about that in in the past. Yeah, you know, stuff about uh, how we, <laughs> we we could be making money from a lot of things that we're doing. And yeah, like, I, yeah, seriously, nah, and it fine. makes me want to just it makes me want to grab yours, just put a fucking pillow around your head and slam your heads into the table. <laughs> you're leaving money on the table, man. Uh, and I'm like, Fuck. look, we're looking after the peoples. I know. Yeah. There you go. What you should do is let me take over all the finances, right? Okay. I'm going to put it. I've got this scheme, okay? It's, it's does it, a, it's does it involve these things from Egypt? No. It, it, no. No. Call it the trapezoid, okay? The trapezoid? Yeah. I do like that. It doesn't the have a trape- pointy bit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There's no pointy bit. No. It's the trapezoid. It's just a bit wonky. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine with that. <laughs> Checks out with me. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I've never read about Ponzi schemes that started out as a trapezoid. <laughs> Can't go wrong. A trapezoidal crypto. No one's ever. No one has ever lost money in a trapezoid scheme. Never. Never, ever. I, nor has anyone ever been caught having a fake one. Yeah. So you might be onto something there. I'll leave you with that. You let me know how it goes. Excellent. And uh, we'll invest all that we've got into it once it's up and running. If you just leave me all your financial details, it's don't, and you don't even have to worry about it. Don't even tell your accountant, okay? Because you don't need your accountant involved in this. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I haven't got one of those yet. <laughs> do, you, do you want to be my accountant? Yes. Okay, done. <laughs> Sorted. Sorted. All right. Well, what else is there to go on about? Uh, I think that's pretty much it. You know, we've got finals footy, and that's all we really need in our lives, hey? I guess that's true. That and Pornhub. <sighs> that's never going. God bless them. <laughs> Even when everything else shuts down around the world, Pornhub and Rugby League Project will always be there. Exactly. We've got all your bases covered. And I'll look, I'm fairly certain leaguefreak.com will be still be there too, covering that middle area between the two. <laughs> That's gross. It's the conduit. That's disgusting, and yet I want to watch a video of that. Mm, there you go. <laughs> there's, a, there's a secret link in the leaguefreak.com banner that takes you straight to the sealed section. <laughs> You're just going to keep clicking around till you find it. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that to promote my website for the next few weeks. The link between rugby league and porn rugby league project and Pornhub yeah. is leaguefreak.com. Check it out. The conduit. <laughs> <laughs> wow, people! What more could you want? That was some epic rambling right there. Yeah. Um, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you check us out on all the socials. We're on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, MySpace. I'm sure there's others. Threads. You, you know I'm all now. Threads. Is that still going or has that died? I don't know. Neither do I. Instagram, that's still a thing. That's still a thing. Yep. Yeah, check them all out. Like, share, subscribe, follow, all that sort of stuff. Reddit. 
What a thread. What do threads do? What do they do on threads? Do they sew? I, it's a good point. I don't know. Crochet it. Crochet. Uh, Knit one, pearl one. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks for tuning in. We'll check you all out next time.